0: Hello and welcome to our United Parish online service for the 16th Sunday after Trinity. Eternal God, by whom this world was made, to you belongs our praise. Precious Jesus, who died that we might live, to you belongs our praise. Holy Spirit, who lives within our hearts, to you belongs our praise. Three in one, who draw us here by grace, to you belongs our praise. and our opening hymn sung by the choir of St. Martin-in-the-Fields, The King of Love My Shepherd Is. To whom shall we turn for wisdom, when you are the source of everything wise? To whom shall we turn for mercy, when you are the source of the love that we seek? To whom shall we turn for compassion and peace, when hearts are low and our faith is so weak? To the one who is the source of everything we seek. To you, dear Lord, we turn. And the collet... For the 16th Sunday after Trinity, O Lord, we beseech you mercifully to hear the prayers of your people who call upon you, and grant that they may both perceive and know what things they ought to do, and also may have grace and power faithfully to fulfil them. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And now our confession. Forgive us, Lord, when the road we travel is of our own choosing and we are distracted by the sights and sounds that surround us. Forgive us, Lord, when your voice is muffled by the noise of our lives and we lose the path, finding ourselves alone. Be with us. Guard and guide us, we pray. Keep our eyes and ears focused on you and bring us safely through each day.
1: The epistle is taken from the letter of James, chapters 3 and 4. Who is wise and understanding among you? Show by your good life that your works are done with gentleness, born of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not be boastful and false to the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, devilish. For where there is envy and selfish ambition, there will also be disorder and wickedness of every kind. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without a trace of partiality or hypocrisy. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace for those who make peace. Those conflicts and disputes among you, where do they come from? Do they not come from your cravings that are at war within you? You want something and do not have it. So you commit murder. And you covet something and cannot obtain it. So you engage in disputes and conflicts. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask... And you do not receive because you ask wrongly in order to spend what you get on your pleasures. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: Read by Annabel Atteridge. And after our next hymn, Day by Day, we'll hear the gospel read by Hazel Ryder.
2: Hear the Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. They went on from there and passed through Galilee. Jesus did not want anyone to know it, for he was teaching his disciples, saying to them, The Son of Man is to be betrayed into human hands, and they will kill him and three days after being killed, he will rise again. But they did not understand what he was saying and were afraid to ask him. Then they came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, what were you arguing about on the way? But they were silent, for on the way, they had argued with one another about who was the greatest. He sat down, called the twelve and said to them, whoever wants to be first must be last of all and servant of all. Then he took a little child and put it among them and taking it in his arms, he said to them, whoever welcomes such child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me, welcomes not me, but the one who sent me. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ.
0: Our talk this morning is an excerpt from a lecture I recorded at the Bristol Church Union. It was called Deliver Us From Evil and given by the Right Reverend Bishop of Monmouth, Dominic Walker.
3: Thank you very much indeed. It's very good to be with you. This is actually the second time that I've been to All Saints Clifton. Uh, The last time was to come to the funeral of Bishop Mervyn Stockwood, um, who was the bishop who ordained me. And I remember that one of the things he used to say to his clergy is, when you speak about goodness and love and heaven, do smile and look happy and joyful and radiant. (laughs) But when you speak about evil and sin, then your ordinary face will do. <laughs> so this is my ordinary face for today, and you get the smiling one next time. Because I want to have a look at, at this problem of evil, which um, in theology we give a wonderful word to, theodicy. How can there be a loving God when there is so much evil and wastage in the world? When bad things happen to good people, how do we understand this, this God of love when within creation itself there is so much cruelty and wastage. And how do we deal with it within society, within individuals? Um, How do we face this problem as a church? And perhaps it's one of the biggest objections to holding Christian faith. And so it's one in which we really ought to engage. The events of uh, the 11th of September have have led many to have another look at the nature of evil, particularly when carried out by religious adherents who are prepared to die for what they believe is a fight against evil. The inevitable backlash in the media is to try and exclude religious belief from civil life, whether politics or education. But the result of that is to push religion to the margins uh, where it becomes even more dangerous and extreme, rather than trying to integrate it and its mainstream humanitarian and spiritual values into civil life. And the Bible contains a variety of pictures concerning the nature of evil. And the arguments go something like this. In the Old Testament, there is Satan, the adversary. And Satan Satan undergoes a development. In the book of Job, you'll remember, he's fairly neutral, wandering up and down and Um, He's acting as the prosecuting counsel in the court of Yahweh. And so in the book of Job, Satan is not seen as the evil one, but as fairly neutral. But by the end of the Old Testament, in the book of Zechariah, Satan is no longer neutral and he is rebuked by God for getting too big for his boots. And then during the intertestamental period, that's those blank pages between the old and the new testament and the tradition arose that satan was an angel who had been thrown to earth because of his pride and rebellion um, but in the new testament of course satan takes on quite a, a different picture it is satan who is the archetypal enemy who is opposing the gospel who is tempting jesus and who finally enters judas in order to betray him we're told that Jesus came to overcome the works of the devil. Um, it's in 1 John 3, 8. The Son of Man was revealed for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. But within the Gospels, and in the between the Gospels and Paul's writings, there are quite different pictures. In the Synoptic Gospels, Jesus is engaged in a battle with Satan. But in St. John's Gospel, there's no such battle. In St. John's Gospel, the battle is between good and evil, between light and darkness, between belief and unbelief. In the Gospels, it is Satan who is preventing the kingdom of God from being established, but in St. Paul's writings, and particularly in the, in the letter to the Romans, it's human sin. And I guess that uh, for many Christians, they tend to go for one or the other, uh, they don't sort of hold both those pictures together. They either blame what goes wrong on the works of the devil. You know, there was a, a wonderful um, little booklet that John Richards produced with, uh, called "Deliver Us from Evil," and on it, on the front cover, was a cartoon of a, a vicar being stopped for speeding, and saying to the policeman, "It wasn't me, officer. It was the demon's speed." <laughs> And uh, others, of course, really don't like blaming everything on the devil. It seems a way of um, passing, a, a, a evading responsibility and say that it is human sin that is the, the, what we have to battle with um, to achieve holiness. And in the synoptic Gospels, Jesus carries out exorcisms, but there are no exorcisms in John's Gospel or in Paul's writings. So quite different views, really, between... Um, the synoptic writings and, and John's writings. And in the Gospels, illness and disease are perceived as caused by Satan or evil spirits, because that would have been the, the natural belief of a first century Palestinian. One third of the synoptic miracles are exorcisms, and Professor Warner Hooker says that in St. Mark's Gospel, all the miracles are exorcisms whether it is um, the healing of a sick person or the quelling of a storm um, or mental illness, she would say that the worldview was, all this was caused by demons. Um, and therefore, um, Jesus uses the same approach by identifying the problem, by taking authority, and then by acting with a word of command. And I suppose the question that uh, it poses is, did Jesus believe that illness was caused by demons? Did he share the that first century Palestinian worldview? Because he was able, it seems, to distinguish between cases that needed exorcism and cases that needed healing. And in the New Testament, Jesus comes to establish the kingdom of God. And so the kingdom comes about by when diseases are healed, when we cast out evil spirits, when healing the blind, the lame, the deaf, cleansing lepers, raising the dead, and preaching the good news to the poor. This is all part of establishing the kingdom of God. I think there's also a theological question about how we understand possession. Traditionally, I suppose, people have said there are three levels of possession. There is a temptation, which we probably all know about, Um, And then there's oppression, when people feel that they are spiritually oppressed by something but still have their own will. Perhaps they feel they've been cursed or they feel that some evil has taken over them. And people often describe that in language like, I I behaved in a strange way because it was as if something possessed me. Um, They feel weighed down and heavy and see dark objects and images and feel a heaviness of soul. And then there's that state which we call possession um, which of course is used differently by in theology than in psychology and so <coughs> in theology it means I suppose that some evil has taken over that person so that they have lost their will, they are no longer able to make free choices and it is normally um, considered that the way to deal with it is through a right of exorcism, through identifying the evil and through casting it out. For psychiatrists, possession states are when people appear to have been taken over by something, um, have lost their will, and are seriously psychiatrically ill. The question, I suppose, that is posed is, do we understand possession as people being possessed by evil spirits, something that comes from outside to invade the person? I mean, I sometimes call it the Martian theory of possession. Or do we see, perhaps, that evil spirits are not a part of ourselves? Do we have to own our own demons? Do we have to see that they may be part of us that has been denied, repressed, um, and, but has taken over us? So, to the ministry of deliverance. Within the ministry of deliverance, we're often dealing with people who are presenting symptoms. But so often, um, what are presented as symptoms of paranormal activity, of oppression or possession, are in fact um, really symptoms of dealing with with a much a much deeper um, problem within people, where either. Not, not usually so much evil, or sometimes you know, they are, there is evil, and sometimes or well, evil done unto them, but quite often we're dealing with, um, with people who are, who are quite sick and who need very careful handling, rather than a bit of Christian magic. And it's always very tempting when dealing with those kind of problems to say, well, a little holy water and a prayer and off you go. But in fact, of course, that may re- really be giving the wrong medicine and not doing any good at all. Um, because you there is this world which we believe is is both full of evil and also full of extraordinary beauty and kindness and love and into that creation God has sent us um, you know we are the incarnation in a way that God has sent us as moral beings um, to begin to change some of that and uh, perhaps we we're still on a, a moral growth, I think. Uh, we, I think, are evolving morally so that some of the things that we used to believe were okay, we no longer consider to be right. And so I suppose you know, there's always this um, progression in morality as we begin to view the world differently and feel that you know, the light of Christ still shines on us and we still have to grapple with these problems of good and evil. So let me stop there.
0: And now we give thanks to God. You cherish the humble above the proud and bless those who put others first, taking their example from that of their Lord. You turn around the values of this world and invite us to participate in a way of living where the first shall be last, the last shall be first, and the blessed in the kingdom will be servants of all. Thank you for the gift of courage, Lord, to step out and dare to be different. And now we bring our own personal concerns to God, whether it be about people we know, places around the world, or things we hold dear. and we say together the lord's prayer our father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive them that trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom the power and the glory For ever and ever. Amen. Just one notice and we're back at St Margaret's Hinton Blewett next week at long last. A Holy Communion service starting at 10.30, led by the Reverend Trevor Stubbs. And our final hymn, Go Forth and Tell. The right reverend, Dominic Walker, who gave such an interesting talk earlier in our service, now gives us the passing blessing.
3: Visit, we beseech you, O Lord, our homes, and drive far from them all the snares of the enemy. Let your holy angels dwell therein and preserve us in peace. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen.
2: And all thy mercy is given, we bless and praise Thank <laughs> you.